0: Praise the Lord. I'm so happy to be communicating today with Pastor Tafara and all of those in Faith Hill Church, Johannesburg, South Africa. We're so blessed to be with you today. And I'm going to be talking about the subject of prosperity. You know, I grew up in a traditional church, and, uh, you know, We did not really know the will of God concerning prosperity. We just, you know, whatever will be, will be. In fact, uh, some of the mentalities uh, that were working uh, in the church that I grew up in uh, were were this. I grew up in a a church, and uh, maybe the mentality was more God wants to keep you poor to keep you holy. And they almost... uh, equated poverty with holiness, but that is not the truth. And so, thank God, when I was 14 years old, I went to Andrew Womack's Bible study. I got a hold of the truth of the Word of God, and it liberated me. And that was 43 years ago, and it's completely changed my life. Hallelujah. And you know what? The Word of God will change your life if you'll believe it. And so, um, the first thing that really happened to me when I went to that Bible study uh, was was this. I, there, there was something that just went off in my spirit when I heard the Word of God preached in truth, and that is that you don't have to be sick, poor, or defeated by the devil, but you can believe God. And you know, I started believing God. There's a Bible full of promises that we can believe, and my life has been transformed. And it just keeps getting better and better and better. So thank God. You know, the Bible says the path of the justice is the dawning of the day. It gets brighter and clearer until the you know dawning of the perfect day. That's the day when Jesus comes again. And so thank God our path is getting better and better and you know we can know the will of god and we know that it's god's will for us to prosper because of what the word of god says now the very uh one of the very first scriptures that came to me uh, in this realm of financial prosperity was third john 2 And it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, when we look at that scripture, the word for prosper in 3 John 2 is the Greek word eudo. And it means this. It, It means to help along the way. God wants you to prosper between now and heaven along the way. He wants to help you. He wants to bless you. He wants you to prosper. And it's written like a father to his family or a father to his children. And, you know, the fact is God wants us to prosper. And, you know, he as our heavenly father... Uh, wants us to prosper and we can know that he wants us to prosper because of what he said in his word and in fact jesus said this he said you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more shall the heavenly father give the holy spirit to those that ask him well you know we know how to give good gifts to our children i want my children to prosper and you know they are prospering praise god And, you know, but God, how much more does God want us as his children to prosper? And I thank God, you know, that I raised my children and we taught them the word from a very young age. And they have a lot of things that are going right in their lives. And every one of my children, my oldest son, Aaron, is 34 years old. He's an assistant pastor with me here at the church, but he's got his doctorate degree from Rice University in Houston, Texas. He has 100% of his education paid for, and he's prospering. And and while he was going to college and, uh, you know, Full-time college, God showed him how to start an online business. And while he was going to college, he was making over $100,000 a year. And God supernaturally blessed him. He eliminated all of his college debt. He was able to actually uh, have a down payment for a house before he came to Colorado Springs. And, uh, you know, God is just blessing him. And, you know, he started believing God. You know, the devil actually tried to kill him. Uh, when he was a senior in college at Carnegie Mellon University, and he was laying there on that bed when and uh, you know in the hospital and, and he he started thinking you know i've I've only got so much money and I've got all these bills, and what am I going to do and he said i I started believing God, laying there in that hospital bed when the devil tried to kill me saying i'm I'm going to pay all these immediate bills and i'm I'm going to have at least a thousand dollars in the bank." before i graduate from college which is shortly after he got out of the hospital and you know he he got out of there and uh, he saw somebody had you know put a microwave uh, in the trash so he thought well you know maybe that thing will work and he carried up this hill about a quarter or half a mile and he said i got it home and i, I plugged it in and, and and the thing wouldn't work so he said i laid hands on it and commanded it to work in the name of jesus Pushed the button again and it started and it worked and I put it on craigslist and sold it for thirty five dollars And then people were putting out these mini fridges because it was the end of college And he said I carried those home and I'd sell them for fifty sixty seventy dollars a piece You know, and he just started selling stuff and then he said I noticed people were throwing their books in the trash So I started getting their books out of the trash some of them were very expensive books. And he said, I'd take them down to the college bookstore and sell them back to the bookstore. And, and after a while, they said, you can't sell anymore here. So he put them on Amazon and started selling these used books on Amazon. and And, and then... You know, he, God just helped him, and and so he started buying and selling stuff, and he did that into doing his master's degree. Then when he got done with his master's degree, now he believed God, and he was the only student at Rice University. There were about a hundred students to apply for a. Uh, there was a scholarship that they were giving for a master's student, and it was all tuition paid and twenty five hundred dollars towards room and board. And so he was one out of the hundred that applied that got that, get, got that. You know. But scholarship, tuition, you know, paid deal and $2,500 towards room and board. And his teacher told me, she said, if you'll buy him a car, I'll see that he gets enough work that, that he'll pay for his, you know, the rest of his room and board. So I bought him a car. And it was when we were having a big uh, downturn economically here in the United States and I bought a car that had been priced for $16,000 it was really nearly a new car one year old with 30,000 miles and I bought it for $10,000 and they just didn't know what they did It was a Chevy Impala they thought Chevy at that point in time was gonna go broke and Aaron bought that car he ran it for 160 some thousand miles it cost him less than $67 a month to own that car but You know, he he drove out to four different junior highs and he had private students. He he had about 50 private students while he was doing his master's degree. Then when he got done with his master's degree, he had had to start paying off his loan for his undergrad. And so, you know, when he had to start paying off his loan for his undergrad, you know, he called me and said, Daddy, what am I going to do? I said, Aaron, if you'll believe God. You, you can you can have that paid off in one year. He called me in November, and he said, i tell you what, Daddy, I'm going to believe God, and I'm going to pay it off by June the 1st next year. Now, he was a full-time doctoral. Uh, actually, that was in between his doctoral years, so he didn't have a regular job at that time. He was a flute player, and he had a handful of students, but he didn't have a regular job. And, uh, you know, he said, what am I going to do, God? And God showed him, and he got on the Internet And started buying and selling watches. Now, there's other people try to do that. It hasn't worked for them. But you know, he taught one of his good friends in high school how to buy and sell computers online. And and this good friend is making over $100,000 a year, has four people working for him, buying and selling Apple computers. So you do what God gives you and what God puts in your hand and what you're good with with your ability. But God will bless you and God will help you if you'll believe him. God is no respect of persons he's only a respecter of faith but you see the thing is we taught our children to believe god now they've got a lot of things going on number one they're serving jesus christ number two all of my children are connected in their local church number three they're all givers We taught them all those things. Number four, they have a a good attitude. And number five, they have a great work ethic, ethic, but they're all prospering. My middle son, Andrew, he went to college here at Colorado School of Mines in, in the state of Colorado. And it's a... It's a very good school. And they kept taking, you know, scholarship money away from me. He said, I'll just believe God and get more. And, you know, at one point in time, he was receiving eight scholarships. I don't think it cost me $1,000 to put that kid through college. He's got like a $100,000 education. He's got a master's degree. It takes the average student there in the school of Minds five years to get their B.A. Andrew got his his B.A. in three years. He, he was the outstanding chemical engineering student. He had the highest grade in the nation on organic chemistry. I told him when he graduated from high school, I said, Andy, Jesus made you smart. You remember that. Now, he's given his church that he goes to. He, he, he went to a church plant, and it's Billy Epperhart's son that started this church. He's given them checks that are in excess of six figures. So he's very, very blessed. He's a multimillionaire, just 32 years old, part owner of the engineering company, super blessed. But you know, God blessed him in that area. And then my youngest son, Peter, uh, he's he went to Princeton University, graduated from honors. He believed God to get there, and God got him in. You know he he went to co- he went to a, a church camp, a youth camp that we put on when he was in junior high, and, and he came back after seventh grade after the youth camp, and he said, "I'm going to go to college. I'm going to have a sports scholarship." And you know, I didn't know about it, but you know what? Uh, then when he, after his, you know, his junior year in college, he, he, it just came to him. I'm going to go to Princeton University. And and so I, I didn't know because it's very hard to get in Princeton. And so my oldest son, Aaron, was at Carnegie Mellon University at one of the top universities in the country. And Aaron was actually raising money. That was part of his job that he did to help pay for his college. But, um, you know, Peter was there you know, in his junior year, and Aaron said, Daddy, if he gets in there, let him go. They have this huge endowment. And so I've got to tell this story about Peter. But but anyway, Peter got into Princeton University through playing football. I took him out to a football camp between his junior and senior year, and he got in Princeton University, and he got accepted there. He played football for a while. But uh, he was tremendously blessed. Now, his, his freshman or sophomore year, they called him in, and they said, Peter, we want you to meet the grandson of the man who who invested the money in the 1800s for you to go to college. And so Peter, they they, they actually asked a question. They said, is anybody here missionaries? Nobody raised their hand. So they they said, well, any, any of you, you know, anything else? And Peter said, well, I'm a pastor's son. And, and my dad supports missionaries. And so Peter met the grandson of the man that put the money, invested the money in Princeton University in their endowment fund in the 1800s. Over a hundred years before Peter was born, his, to, his college was paid for by a man that gave money for, for ministers' children to go to college. Over a hundred years before he was born, God, and, and Peter heard the voice of God when he was in seventh grade in youth camp heard the voice of God when he was a junior in high school and God opened the door and Peter was supernaturally blessed now Peter today it, it has been running he, he's been in Singapore he's going to come back to the United States soon I believe but he's been in Singapore he's been running all of Asia Burger King he was promoted two times in the in the pandemic he works for the 3G capital company for the 25th rich rich man in the world. The man last time I checked had over $25 billion of assets. He's personally taken Peter out, praise God, to lunch. So, you know, we teach people to say this. And here's something that you can say to to get working in the area of financial prosperity in your life is that I have favor with God. I have favor with man. I have a good understanding and then I have a man in my church, he's over 80 years old. He has a trash dumpster business. He said, Pastor, and I added to that, and I have supernatural increase. I just talked to that man last night, and he told me, Pastor Lawson, I'm going to have to buy 20 more dumpsters. We are so blessed; we 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 get so much business. He said we never used to have, but we have to schedule them, but, you know. And so when they get done, we pick them up and take one other. I'm going to have to buy 20 more dumpsters. Our business has increased so much. So he added added to that. I have favor with God. I have favor with men. I have a good understanding and I have supernatural increase. So you say that on a regular basis and you watch what happens in your life. You know, I heard that from a missionary in, in, and they were in Italy and their five-year-old daughter was struggling. So the mama told her daughter, you say this every morning. I have favor with God. I have favor with men. I have a good understanding. And and, and so she, she began to say that every morning. Every day when she came home from school, she would say say that with her. Every evening, she would say that with her when she put her to bed. 30 days later, see, the teacher had told her mama, your daughter is really struggling. She's the worst in the class. After 30 days of confessing the favor of God, the teacher called the mama in and said, I don't know what's happened, but your daughter went from the bottom to the top of the class by confession of the favor of God. I was preaching that in Chicago, and a a grandma there, African-American grandma, she heard me preaching that. She said, my, my grandkids are making D's and F's. I'm, I'm going to take this back to them. I came back the next year. She said, I got my grandkids confessing that. And they're making A's and B's. Praise God. They turned it around by a confession of the favor of God. I had a young man in my, in my church and he was just about, you know, eight or nine years old. And they said, he's really struggling in math. He's about a month behind everybody else. I had him start saying that. And did you know God in, in, in 30 days time or, or less, he was the top top of the class. He went ahead of the class. He was behind the class 30 days, went ahead of the class. Why? By a confession of the favor of God. My own son, Peter, now that works for the 3G Capital Company and has had so much favor. When he was in eighth grade, he was taking geometry and he told me, Daddy, I'm really struggling. And so I I said, Peter, you say this, I have favor with God. I have favor with man and I have a good understanding. And Peter started saying that. I asked him a couple weeks later, I said, Peter, how's geometry? He said, Oh, I've, I've got it down. I'm the top of the class. Praise God. Why? We understand the Word of God, and we believe the Word of God, and we speak the Word of God. And and just like it worked for my son, and, and it worked for these other people, this missionary's child, and these different ones that I've shared it with in my church and different places around, the confession of the favor of God will work for you. In fact, I believe you can get my book, Uncommon Favor, online. Now, if you go to our website, charischristiancenter.com, I think you can get that online as an audio book. I think you can download it in different forms, however that comes. But anyway, I want you to know, praise God, that, that if it works for me, God is no respecter of persons. He's only a respecter of faith. And all of my children have been blessed as we've taught them the Word of God. And we've been very blessed you know, we came to Colorado Springs in in the year two thousand one, and we had almost no people and almost no money. But we started believing God, and, and did you know God has increased us? And now we have a building. It's one hundred and twenty thousand square foot. It's completely paid for, and, and you know we got it. We bought it for five point four million plus. There was a three hundred thousand dollar bank fee. It was at a, at an auction. It was a foreclosure auction. They sold the next two buildings that were built at the same time by the same builder. They're the same type of construction, uh, you know, about the same square footage. They sold them for $30 million. We bought ours for 5.7. You see, we we have supernatural increase. We have favor. We have blessing. It's so supernatural how God will bless you when you believe him and and he'll do things for you. And, And so we just started believing God and God started working and God has helped us. Over and over again. It took us $2 million to build this building out. So we got $7.7 million in it. The tax valuation right now from the county is $22 million. And they just put Northrop Groom in there, a government contractor, working the military industry, two buildings down from us. You know what? My building's getting more, more money every day. God has supernaturally blessed us, supernaturally helped us. He's got involved with us. He showed us supernaturally how this building was going to be for sale. You you know, um, you know, we we had a word from God. I was preaching for Pastor Dean Melton in Charlotte, North Carolina on November 4th, 2015, the first Wednesday night of 2015. When I got done preaching, Pastor Dean jumped up, pointed his finger at me. He said, 2016 is your year, and God's gonna give you a building. He said, realize you're gonna have to pay something for it. It shot through me like fire. I thought that is the word of the Lord. You know, we worked for about three or four weeks later, Dr. Doug Weiss walked in my office and he'd been coming to my church for a few years then. And he said, pastor, he, he said, uh, I'm going to build a building. It was just right down from where we were on Elkton drive, uh, you know, three or 400 yards. And, and I said, well, how big are you going to, uh, you know, make it? He said, 20,000 square foot. And I, I had 27,000 in my church. And I said, well, how much is it going to cost? He said, well, $2 million. And I said, Doug, that's all good. But by the time you buy the street and both lots and, and you know, because you have to put in your own street and, and put in a parking lot and a government pond, it's a drain water pond government makes you put in. I said, that's going to cost you over three million, probably over three and a half million, but you could buy this building right here. For two million, uh, you know, I, I'll sell this building to you. Said, what would you do that for? I said, for two million dollars. I had two point three five million in it, and I did that during during the downturn here, in financial downturn in two thousand, you know, ten. Uh, you know, it was like the bottom of the bottom. And so we were able to get things done really reasonably. So God, you know, helped us. And so Doug just walked around a little bit. He said, that's what we're going to do. And so he showed me buildings for a year and nothing came to pass. And then January of 2017, I told him and his wife, Lisa, I said, guys, it, you know, it doesn't look like anything happened with that. Just do what you need to do. They said, no, it's just been delayed, Pastor. Hold on. And then Saturday, March 4th, 2017, Doug emailed me the building that we're in on a bank auction about 10 30 in the morning I remember when I got the email he said pastor this isn't my building But I believe this is our new church And you know, I looked at that for a little bit and the holy spirit said that is your new church Well, did you know what it was being auctioned on March? 29th just 30 days after it foreclosed it for Doug found that on it on a Website on a foreclosure website. He found that You know, he found that thing just five days after it foreclosed and we went and we had to have cash we went and bought this building Hallelujah. They owed over $12 million. We bought it for $5.7 million. And then we spent $2 million building it out. And we sold our old building to Doug for $2 million. And did you know what? By the time that we moved into this building, we had it completely paid for. It was supernatural. And we're able to do supernatural things because God has blessed us. And, and so you know what? If you'll believe God and get involved with God, amen, God will get involved with you. But I want you to know the first aspect of financial prosperity is you need to know it is God's will for you to prosper. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So, so you need to know the will of God concerning financial prosperity. Now, the first thing you've got to realize is when uh, you know prosperity comes from the nature of of God. It is God's will for us to prosper, and it is God's nature. God has a prosperous nature. You see, in in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 and verse 2, God appeared to Abram and he said, "I am the Almighty God." I am the many-breasted God. I am the God who is more than enough. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And and he said, I will make my covenant with you and I will multiply you exceedingly. So he said, listen, I'm the many-breasted God. I'm the God who's more than enough. I'm El Shaddai. That's the Hebrew. I'm the almighty God. And and in, in other words, I have so much sufficiency running out of me. You don't even have room enough to consume it. But you come into a covenant relationship with me. You begin to understand who I am. And then you're going to see who I am magnified in your own life. And so God is... The the all-sufficient God, the many-breasted God, the God who is more than enough. And when we come into covenant with Him and begin to understand who He is, we can begin to see who He is magnified, and we can begin to see that revealed in our life. Then another example is in Genesis chapter 17. Later, when God's given Abram Isaac, He's taking Isaac. Actually, this is Genesis chapter 22. In, In Genesis 22, He's getting ready to offer Isaac up as a sacrifice and uh, he goes to Mount Moriah, where god 's instructed him to go it 's a three day journey, and he gets he takes you know Isaac up to the top of the mountain he 's ready to offer him. He gets the knife ready to slay him. He has Isaac bound you know as a sacrifice to the altar, and the angel of the Lord grabs him by the hand and says abraham don 't do that now realize Isaac was a, a grown child i mean he 's you know somewhere between fourteen and twenty two years old at that point in time and, and so abraham 's one hundred and fourteen to one hundred and twenty two And so, you know, here's Isaac on that altar. And, you know, Isaac willingly offered himself because he believed so much in his dad's relationship with God. And the angel of the Lord grabs Abraham by the hand and says, you know, because you have done this thing and not withheld your only son. You know, he says... I know, Abraham, that in blessing, I'm going to bless you and multiplying, I'm going to multiply you. And Abraham called the name of that place, Jehovah-Jireh. In the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. You know, it says in John chapter 8, at the end of the chapter, Jesus said this, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. I believe what happened, Abraham was looking there. He was looking toward the east. I, I believe he was looking, you know, right at Mount Moriah. And then he looked over there toward the north, toward Mount Calvary. It's about a quarter mile north there of Mount Moriah. And I believe he saw a ram caught in his, he, he looked and he saw a ram caught in a thicket by his horns, and he grabbed that ram, went and got that ram, and offered him in the place of his son. In the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. The Lord is my provider. So God is our provider. It is his nature to provide. And then God has given us many, many promises of provision. You know, all throughout the Bible, when people fight the message of prosperity it bothers me because they don't understand what the word of God really says. You see Psalm 35:27 says let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And that word for prosperity is the actually Hebrew word shalom. And, and we get it from the Jehovah Shalom. When, when Gideon offered a sacrifice and God appeared to him, he called the name of the place Jehovah Shalom. In, in and that, that's saying the, the Lord is my peace and the Lord is my provision. Thank God. Spirit, soul, and body, prosperity. So he says, let them say continually, Psalm 35, 27, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of a servant. Now, there will be those who will say, well, that word prosperity has nothing to do with financial prosperity. Well, it does definitely have to do with financial prosperity. You say, Pastor, why do you say that? Well, because when David said, I was envious when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, he used the word shalom. And we know that the wicked has no spiritual prosperity. So it must be also talking about financial prosperity. Thank God. So it's talking about well-being, wholeness, completeness, spirit, soul, and body. Amen? And we look at that scripture again that we began with, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So when you begin to renew your mind in the Word of God and find out what the Bible really says about these subjects, you can begin to prosper as you've never prospered before in your life. And, and like like I said, we have many, many promises in the Bible concerning prosperity. Now, I, I, another example from Life of Abraham. You know, God makes a covenant of blessing with Abraham. You can see that covenant in Genesis chapter 12. You can see that covenant in Genesis chapter 15. You can see that in Genesis 17. You can see God makes covenant with him in Genesis chapter 22. But then, you know, Abraham sends his servant to get a son. A wife for his son Isaac in Genesis chapter twenty four verse thirty five. Again, this is talking about the nature of God, and when Isaac is there, God Isaac gives this witness. Not Isaac, but this servant uh, gives this witness for bringing a wife for Isaac in in Genesis chapter twenty four in verse thirty five, and he says this in Genesis twenty four verse thirty five, explaining to Rebekah's uh, father laban uh, about who his master is so on and so forth and he says in genesis 24 verse 35 i verse 34 he says i am abraham's servant and and the lord has blessed my master greatly and he has become great and he has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold, and men servants and maidservants and camels and asses, now, as we study this, we know that Abraham was a very wealthy man. he had flocks, he had herds, he had men servants, he had maidservants, he had silver, and he had gold, and God gave it to him. so God's not against you having financial prosperity; that is the nature of God. And you know, if you're going to prosper, you've got to find out the will of God concerning prosperity. God wants you to prosper. Here's another promise concerning, and the Bible is literally full of promises concerning prosperity. Um, One of the, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, I want to go there really quickly, but God tells the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 6, 7, 8, when you get to the promised land, When you get to this land, when you get to houses that you did not build, when you get to vineyards that you did not plant, houses full of good things that you did not earn. In other words, not if, but when. So when you walk into covenant with God and you believe the word of God, it's not if, but it's when. This is going to come to pass. But he says this in Deuteronomy 20, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Verse 18, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Now, that word for power in the Greek or in the Hebrew, excuse me, is the the Hebrew word koak. And it means force, might, capacity, strength, even wealth to get, get wealth. So God has given us power. He's given us force, might, ability, strength, even wealth to get wealth. And he says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant to your fathers as it is this day. So God wants you to prosper. And that's the first thing that you've got to get down in your spirit and in your soul if you're really going to prosper. You see, your spirit's prosperous the moment you believe on Jesus. But your soul, you need to renew your mind in the word of God and know what God says so your soul begins to prosper. And once your soul begins to prosper, then that will flow from your spirit through your soul to your body. And you'll begin to see these things work in your body. But the very first element that God used with me when I was 14 years old in Andrew Womack's Bible study, realized I was raised in a traditional church that did not believe in these things. that But it just went off in my spirit. You know what? There's a Bible full of promises that you can believe You don't have to be sick, poor, defeated by the devil, but you can believe God. So I started to believe that. Amen. When I was 14 years old, 43 years ago, and I'm still believing it. And guess what? It is working in my life. The word of God is working. And you know what? God is no respecter of persons. He is only respecter of faith. Do you know there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible about, about prosperity, about wealth, about riches, about these different things. And if you study them out, Jesus talked a lot about money. And if you study the Bible, you'll find out. You know, the Bible actually says this. Proverbs 10, verse 22, it says, It's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and sorrow adds nothing to it. And, and what he's talking about, sorrow, he's talking about toiling. It's not through our toil. Now, there are different aspects to prosperity, and if you want to prosper, first of all, you need to know just what I'm teaching right now. It's God's will. Amen. That's what you believe. Number two, you need to know this, that if you're going to receive a harvest, you've got to sow a seed. Amen. Number three, you need to know this. You need to learn how to be a good steward. you got to get a plan and work the plan. And number four, you need a good work ethic because the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. And that was probably my daddy's favorite scripture. You know Jesse's DePlantis. You know some of these ministries that are really blessed. Those guys are hard workers. Ashley is the hard worker. Amen. Joseph Z, they're hard workers you know, Andrew Womack is a hard worker. I knew Andrew Womack when he got up at 4 a.m. in the morning and went to bed at midnight. He had six Bible studies a week. He had his his office, was he had a closet in his his house where he recorded radio programs, get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. He insulated it with foam. That's where he started out. And praise God. So there's a lot of different things that go into this. Now, the very first realm that I got a hold of Was this one, and I'm running out of time. I thought I'd have time to share a lot more than this. But uh, the very first thing that I got a hold of is I got a hold of number one, it is God's will for you to prosper. And if you want to prosper, you need to get a hold of that. The second thing I got a hold of is you can believe God for specific amounts of money. And I started finding out, praise God. I, I went through a deal, you know. I'd doing, done these Christian stewardship things, and I just didn't have enough money to fill in all the blanks. And I'd weep, and God says, shut up. Now, he probably didn't say that, but that's how I took it. And he said, rejoice, because I'm taking care of, care of you. And so I, I, after, in 1994, I'd been married 10 years. And I, this was 16 years into me being baptized in the Holy Spirit, called to preach, and and... You know, it was my anniversary, my transmission went out of my car, I had borrowed money to put tires on my car, and you know, I, I went through this financial workbook the next day, Christian workbook, and they said, some of you have cut back, all you can cut back, you need to believe God for increase, and I started believing God at that point in time for an increase of $700 a month, which it took me a year to get that. And for $1,500 to pay all my immediate bills, and I had the $1,500 within two weeks, people brought it to me. None of them were from my church. I didn't tell any of them about it. All of them were from out of town. Praise God. And I paid that debt off. And praise God, we've stayed free. Glory to God. And so that was awesome. The third aspect of prosperity, number one, God wants you to prosper. Number two, you can believe God for specific amounts of money. This is what I've done in my church. When I didn't have hardly any money, I started believing God for five thousand a month, then ten thousand, then twenty thousand, then then a half million a year, then a million. Now seven million a year. We're believing for. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. Hallelujah! We're moving into it. And then the third thing that I've learned that really has set me free is take the limits off of God. Psalm seventy-eight verse forty-one says they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. that God loves you. I'm Pastor Lawson Perdue from Karis Christian Center in Colorado Springs. We love you. God bless you. And we'd love to hear back from you. God bless you, Pastor Tafara. We are praying for you. We believe in God for you. Believe in God that directs your steps and God increases you mightily on this earth. Thank you so much. And God bless you all. It's our prayer that you would see the abundance of of Jesus in your life Blessings We hope this message Has been a blessing to you Thank you for listening To find out more about how you can become a partner Visit faithhill.tv Today